people die and Yuna dances, when will she stop dancing? Yuna won't stop dancing. Not until sin is gone. Final Fantasy 10 Rico Pax trying to make sense of this much before Final Fantasy 10 3 comes out. It's never been on us, but don't judge us for dreaming. I'm Wheels. I'm joined as always by Joe. How are you, Joe? Hi, I'm, hi Wheels. I'm great. Uh, Speedrun time. Mm-hmm. We, made, we made a really we're long going episode. For the full, we're, going, we're, we're going for full completion, so I, and so we're speedrunning too. Yeah, last mission, speedrun. How many fucking floors are there in that tower? Glitchless. <laughs> I don't actually know, because I just watched the cutscene movie, so they oh, cut out okay. all of that. Yeah, I, I think there's like 100. Hi, everybody. We're back. If you're still listening after what we put you through last week, uh, we're not done with Final Fantasy X-2, and we are now talking about more. There are yet more epilogues. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, so, last mission, I gave you my heart, and the very next day... <laughs> you released it again! <laughs> I kicked a blitz ball and died yet again. Last mission, the only thing I'm going to, like, uh, as I mentioned last time, Wheel's going to be kind of helming the last mission, and Will, the name of the audio drama is just Will, they're going to be helming the, 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 the recap of those, but what I find interesting about last mission that I want to point out at the top is, one, the, it's, a, its initial release was basically a final mix thing, and much like the final mixes of Kingdom Hearts, it was only in Japan, well... Mm. It's it's the international version um, that did not come to the states. Right. So the international version, which I could not find videos of, I looked. Apparently, there are like people who have patched ROMs together. You can play them, but uh, I could not find videos of them. And the reason I was looking for international specifically is because in the original international version, the dialogue, or rather, certain dialogue changed, and this will make probably a little bit more sense once we all starts talking about the plot of it, but. Uh, it takes place after, it takes place like three months after the Xanarkand ending, and Yuna's dialogue differs based on the completion rate of the game. So, she won't oh, talk about, yeah. so she won't talk about Tidus if he didn't come back, basically, if you didn't get those endings. The reason yeah, I bring that there, up. there is only, there is one cutscene where the dialogue is kind of, was kind of strange, and I was going to mention it, but that makes sense, that she either says like, so the one that I saw, the version that I saw. She just says, she actually just says, I met someone new and doesn't talk about. Yeah. Doesn't mention Tita specifically. Um, yeah. yeah. So what I find interesting about all these things pieced together now, you know, these things that came out after 2013 and we're talking about them now. The, the last mission is included on the HD remasters from 2013 and, you know, every year since they've released one. Um, it's the Resident Evil 4 of the franchise. But they only included one version. And it is the dialogue where mm. Titus does not return. It is where... Yeah. So they made that conscious choice to only include the no Titus route. And yeah, her language is that she met someone new. But they also release with it the audio drama in which, not to get ahead of you, they talk about the fact that they've separated. So I think... That comes up. Rather than have an option to talk about Titus, they just lock the story into 
they're separated. You what know, talks about with, someone what else. Fits with the audio drama. Yeah, yeah, uh, which is that makes sense that they would they would make it they would fit it within the canonicity of the audio drama. So we can start with either. They are completely separate. Do you want to start with the one that's good or the one that's bad? Uh, well, last mission takes place beforehand, right? I believe. Yes, it in fact does. So I, I say we start with last pretty mission. Pretty disconnected, but yep. And then yeah, we'll end on um the the note that you don't like the audio drama, and I probably won't yeah. like it either. But I haven't heard it. I I listened to yeah. there was a teaser on YouTube, and there and uh so I listened like a minute of it, and I was like, oh, they say Tetis the same way we do. I'm validated. They do. They do. In fact, yeah, it's weird to hear characters say the name, but yeah. They do. Any who. The last mission, it begins with uh, Yuna gets a mysterious letter that tells her to go to, I think it's the stadium. It must be Luca Stadium, like the big Blitzball stadium. It's empty. She's the only one there, uh, except that Riku and Payne both show up, both having received the same mysterious letter telling them to congregate. Ooh. The letter mentions like, oh, your next clue will be under seat. Four in <laughs> section D of the, you know, visitor side. So they find the right chair and they find the letter. Has to be the cactuars then. <laughs> That's an interesting guess. Uh, yeah, they have to go and they have to find all ten guardians to summon the great haboob. No, <laughs> they're kind of like bickering with each other a little bit. They say it's been three months since they saw each other. It might have been like longer or shorter for some of them. At least Yuna and Payne haven't seen each other for three months, I think. We find out that Riku, and I guess this comes a bit later, so I'll get to that when I get to it. But so they keep following these clues and it eventually brings them to a mysterious ruined tower that was apparently just discovered. Payne had heard of it. The other two hadn't. It's mm. apparently just, you know, there's so many ruins in this world. This is just a really tall tower that kind of, despite how tall it is, nature has still kind of overtaken it like vines and big trees spiraling all up so through I've, the entire thing i've read the name of this tower i would like to hear you try and pronounce it you know they say it but i don't remember how they did say it okay it's, but it's, i think it's, it's Uti- spelled- i think it's i think they said iutisir okay i-u-t-y-c-y-r i believe that's how they pronounce it Iutis. and it's a good word the final clue letter says uh, you know, Riku's like, great, we'll just drive the Celsius to the top and we'll find out what's up there. <laughs> um, but Payne points out that the the letter says specifically reach the top by your own powers and nothing else and you will find something worth seeing um, is what the letter says. And so Payne's like, no, we can't just dr- we can't just drive up there. Like, apparently it only works if we go up ourselves. And so then you play a roguelike where you're going through. It sounds like a mystery dungeon game specifically um the way that it operates and the way that it's structured is that occasionally you will reach kind of like a like a stopping place where they get to a balcony and can watch the sunset and like camp out for the night before continuing up the tower so the rest of the story is a series of conversations while the three characters watch the sunset as they're preparing for their next jaunt up the tower fucking final fantasy 15 vibes i like that it's really nice. It's a, it's really nice. Um, and I th- and so I there's I, not a- the di- the difference between this and the last episode is I have read like parts of the summary of this, so I I know that like oh yeah it's a roguelike tower. I think that's cool. They made a roguelike in fucking two thousand three. Yeah, but uh yeah, it sounds like a quaint 
interesting story. Like, oh yeah, this is like a weird adult turn for this to take, but it doesn't work the way that, or rather, rather it works the way that I don't think any of the stuff is working in the novel. Yeah, it's, I, I would recommend people watch it. The, there's a full, someone has made a full, you know, movie cut, mo- like cutscene movie from, from the HD uh, of it on YouTube. I should have. I should have written down. Yeah, that is also you can. Yeah, it's also in the HD version. But uh, yeah, the video is taken from the HD re-release. It's not very long. Uh, it's like, I think a little less than an hour. All the cutscenes, like 40 minutes or something. And essentially the first few sunset conversations are are them catching each other up. So Yuna talks about how she's essentially just enjoyed retirement in Besaid and She's really capital R retired this time. She's not going on, you know, sure. she came out to this and she's enjoying uh, being back with her friends, but she's done. Like she pretty much makes that clear that she is enjoying just living in a tropical paradise, <laughs> going for walks, going fishing, all of it. I wonder if that's part of the, the like what they would hypothetically write as like what separated Titus. And, and her, she's like, yeah. I'm, I'm tired. And he's like, I didn't have two more years the way you did. I got to go blitz. Right. <laughs> uh, they got to see me do the jack shot. I got to blitz my balls, Yuna. So Riku talks about how she, essentially without. You know, uh, so pain is cagey as she normally is, but she has been uh, her like recap comes in the next sunset scene. But she does mention that she spent some time with. Uh, Barrel, I and Nuge, but more of that comes later. And Riku explains that, like, during this time, she's like the only fiend killing adventurer left for Shinra, Sid, Rin, all these people who just like need someone to go beat up some fiends that are around like a sunken ship or whatever. Riku's the Riku's the one they call, and so she just she's just constantly going on adventures for them. That's cool, and. she doesn't she pointedly doesn't understand how Yuna can be enjoying retirement. She's like, why are you wasting your life on this island? Um, but Yuna's like, hey, I like it. Oh, no, not a sad story of actual adults growing in different directions. Yeah, yeah. Um, you go to the next uh, go up some floors. Uh, oh, I, th- I think I skipped over the part where Riku tells you there is like a brief thing where she's summarizing what's happening to some other characters. She talks about. Yeah, she mentions the thing about going around for Shinra and Rin. She mentions that Sid is now working for Awaka uh, because he's <laughs> trying to make extra. He's trying to make money to uh, rebuild home, and so he and Awaka are trying to are actually are, are trying to s- sell tickets to the hot springs that we saw in ffx2 and in also it seems like LeBlanc's game that's right and it seems like because uh, that is where we saw awaka right is that he was he was in the frozen oh, tundra yeah um, yeah it wasn't he wasn't actually by the hot springs but but yeah so apparently he and sid make a tourist destination like sid was doing to xanarkand but it's still culturally insensitive right it's fucking legitimately and they t- and apparently they're also either competitors or working with i didn't really get it either they're competing against or they're working with the leblanc syndicate who are also trying to sell like turn it into a tourist spot kamari has forbade them from doing it but they're doing it anyway and then riku (laughs) just glosses over that bit (laughs) 
whatever. I, I, you just reminded me of something I didn't write down about the novel, which is that one of the statues Tita sees he thinks is a waka. And I don't know how many <laughs> but generations. It's like a waka the second. That's the thing. I don't know how many yeah. generations 23 is, if it's a thousand yeah. years. I don't know. It wouldn't be. Because a generation is like, can be as short as like, yeah, less than 20, right? Yeah, I, I think I think he was just wrong, but I just remembered that, and it's very funny how every entry of this game has to bring up Awaka. Um, who else does she mention? I don't think there are many other people characters. She oh no, she talks about how Tobley is trying to turn her into turn Riku into a pop star. <laughs> uh, so Riku has been taking voice lessons from Barkeep, so they can recast her in the next game. I guess she doesn't mention brother or buddy or doesn't know what they're up to or maybe she's with them flying around i can't remember she might yeah I'd, I'd wonder where she travels if not with them but i think but i think that's everyone she covers you go up some more flights of stairs <laughs> fight some fiends um it seems like every set of these floors it takes them like a day to fight through all those monsters so every time they get to the balcony it's a it's another sunset the kind of tension of like riku well, there's a bunch of tensions going on. One is that, like, Yuna wants to be done with that lifestyle completely, right? And here she is. <laughs> right. Riku is, won't stop, like, is just constantly pedal to the metal, like, yep, I'll go to the next next adventure, next adventure, yep, yep, That. who cares about the midterm? I'm, <laughs> or the long term, I'm all about the short term. Pain mentions and i'm getting the order of this wrong but it but the order doesn't really matter because it's all just about like kind of the interactions pain mentions that she's started writing a book about their adventure in called price of eternity (laughs) and the other two like both yuna and riku are like why 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 would you write about that like riku's like why not focus about cool why not write about cool things that are happening now and yuna says something like isn't it best to just leave them as memories so they're all like kind of have competing and almost conflicting ways of processing, conceptualizing their past together mm. and yeah, and processing it too. They kind of get into and they get into like an argue, like a pretty petty argument about it that feels kind of real uh, and it's nicely performed, I think, of just like those little tensions because and because they haven't talked to each other in a while, they don't really remember how to not get on each other's nerves and they do get on each other's nerves. And just mm. the fact that they're doing different things with their lives kind of becomes a fight where they're like, why don't you got to get off that island, get off your ass and go, says Riku to Yuna. And Yuna says, well, you are worrying about me too much. I need to just live my own life. You're not even worrying about what, what do you even know what you want to be when you grow up? And it's, and you know, pain has to break them up. Yeah. It hasn't even been that long since. No, three months. Th- yeah. They got, they got back, but uh, it's like, Riku, you dragged, like you dragged me out of being this like professional thank you receiver. And now I just, now that stopped. I just want to chill. Yeah. Eventually, Payne breaks up the fight and explain and and uh, they kind of just like solemnly are like, well, we're three quarters of the way up. Let's just keep going. We'll find something cool at the end. <laughs> and the you note know, said the next- so. Oh, I did forget. Uh, Payne eventually does do her recap about Barrelai, Nuge and Gipple. Yeah, she says that Barrelai and Nuge have both disbanded their groups and 
that but the machine faction still exists, but obviously they weren't really combative before anyway. So, yeah, they were, they were already a third wheel and now there's just one wheel. Right. Singular wheels, even <laughs> singular wheels. That's right. So the three of them, Gipple, Nuge and Barilai, uh only spent a little time hanging out with pain before the three of them went on like a worldwide apology tour as <laughs> describes it of just being like we're look we're so sorry and apparently that's just what they've been up to for these months which is good that's, for them i think yeah also funny to imagine <laughs> like just the speech yeah. they gave in luca just everywhere essentially that seems like that what they've been up to yeah then we get the the argument kind of boiling over and them agreeing like let's just keep climbing up we'll you know we don't have to litigate each other's lives. We'll just keep going on this adventure and focus on that right now. In in the next balcony sunset scene, they Yuna and Riku are like conjecturing of like who might have written this letter that brought us out to this tower. And Yuna thinks, who does Yuna think it is? She thinks it's, I don't remember, but Riku thinks it might be Rin. I, it doesn't matter. They're both wrong <laughs> because Payne says, you're both wrong. I wrote the letters. I made all of it up because I miss you, friends. She doesn't say it. Yuna just walks down the stairs. (laughs) Uh, She doesn't like uh, put it so succinctly, but she essentially says, like, I wanted to. I've been traveling on my own and it's been nice, but I missed going on adventures with the two of you. So I made one up that we could go on. The thing about there being a cool thing on the tower, I made that up too. But we're already almost there. Why not go and see? And they're like, sure, we're we're this far. And so they make it to the top and there is a beautiful but broken, like inoperable machina. It looks like um, like an orrery or like a like a solar system model. Even it's like Mm. it's like a big. There's like a symbol in the middle and then kind of little orbs and things floating around it that are connected by like, actually, I got this picture up that can describe it better. Yeah, there's sort of like a what looks like some sort of like broken sphere in the middle that then has there's like a few concentric circles around it and some bobbles kind of floating around such that it kind of has like a solar system model or like a sort of astronomical feel to it. Um, But it's it's not doing anything. So they sit down and their argument continues essentially it's like well we got up here it's still nothing you brought us here for nothing and we're we don't even get along anymore this is great but pain is like what do you mean you didn't see anything this is gorgeous and and the other two kind of realize like wow this is the most beautiful sunset i've ever seen this thing this broken thing that we were we were bummed about is actually kind of beautiful in itself there's like butterflies and shit and they you know smell the flowers Re- they reminisce a little bit um which some of the reminiscing has been happening along the way and i've skipped and i've skipped it but mm-hmm. they reminisce more and they kind of come to the realization that like yes they went their separate ways and have each even in this short period of time they have each changed such that they don't get along quite the same way that they used to but that's not only fine that's kind of the point that mm. like the point of a relationship or a friendship is to, you know, you can come together, you can form these memories and these bonds together. And then when you go your separate ways and come back, you've each formed new memories. You've each changed. You can see how each other changed. You can reminisce. 
uh, you can make some new memories and then go off and the cycle repeats itself, right? And so they kind of come to that realization that like you go through they a dungeon, never right, right. generated that dungeon. They, that their friendship won't ever feel exactly the way that it did in Final Fantasy X-2, but that's not really how friendships work anyway. And so mm-hmm. they kind of like even if they, you know, even if they get into some petty argument every time they reunite, it's still them reuniting. It's still them getting to know each other better. Their their relationship didn't end before. Maybe they won't see each other again, but maybe they will. Is kind of the note they leave it on. Beautiful. What a what a wonderful way to to put a little capstone on this story about a friendship and how people change over time. And I'm just sure that this is where uh, it's all done and <laughs> nothing else has to come after this, right? Well, actually, that's not the end end of even this. Because oh, good. the very, very last thing that happens is their friendship is magic, so it turns the Machina on. <laughs> um, I guess you need a final then, boss for friendship, right? So actually, they already fought the final boss. It was just a big oh. uh, <laughs> snake thing with multiple heads, I guess. Cool. Um, nothing to write home about. Jump but this Machina thing, the Machina thing that uh, turns on, it, it the the model starts to kind of uh, spin a little bit and then like water magically i'm gonna send you the image because i can't okay. it's hard to describe but little like streams of water kind of like start curling up and around the uh yeah it looks like you have to click it because that preview didn't work but um the the water uh, oh kind yeah of, this looks like, great swirls up and around that machina that i was describing and the thing kind of springs to life it's kind of just a representation of like this looks like elder scroll shit yeah it does of just like in the same way that this old thing has turned on and probably looks different than it did when it was first made since nature has like mostly taken this tower over in the same way their friendship has changed did they photoshop in the girls for scale because they do not look like they're standing there no no, they they are. It is it is a strange shot, but it's like a big zoom out, and I'm sure technologically there was yeah, some, but, okay. there Fair was enough. some camera model tricks they had to make. Um, it didn't look as silly in in motion. It it, it looks like the way that like uh, in Return of the King, the big wide shot of everyone like kneeling to the hobbits. You can tell they are a composite shot because they're lit differently. It's just it just <laughs> yeah. looks a little not all the way there. So that's it. Uh. It, I even if you, you know, were listening closely through that whole description, I think it's still worth a watch. It's just if if you enjoyed the YRP friendship aspect of 10-2, I think this is a perfect epilogue for it. Uh, I really loved watching it. It's absolutely my favorite Final Fantasy X epilogue thing. Um, and I think it it's actually just one of my favorite Final Fantasy X franchise things i think it's better it does a better job showing their relationship than even 10 to most mm-hmm. of the time yeah 10 to has some some tonal problems uh, a lot of it yeah may be attributed to the non-linearity but i i like the genuineness of this that feels maybe more in line with with 10 or the writing and direction of 10 that is a good that is actually a really good comparison it, it feels more tonally like the original despite having the second one's characters yeah well riku and yuna are in both that's true let's talk about final fantasy 10 hyphen will hyphen yeah so this doesn't even have a two on it it's just they made an audio drama that would hypothetically set up for three which is funny because in all the press releases they were like we have no plans to make it but this is what happens next in the world that we made um yeah and it doesn't really even have 10 two characters there's a brief mention of 
Barlai as like a figure that still exists as a political force in the world, but mm-hmm. that's essentially the only connection to tend to, which is odd. But so this takes place the uh like a year after tend to. Um so Okay. Uh, so some like number another... of months after last mission, <laughs> you I, know, I think, um, depending I think on what the, the math is. I think it was three months for last mission, so this would be like another nine? The wiki here says six, but that uh, the oh, addition doesn't make sense, so I think your nine guess makes more sense, but anywho. Yeah, either that um, or last mission just takes a long fucking time for them to go up the tower. Yeah, that's true. Maybe. I'm about to start summarizing this. Mm-hmm. I need you to know... That this, you're gonna think that this is a story. It's not. I. <laughs> it is a list of events that happen in a chronological order, mm-hmm. and there are people in it. Yes. So less. It's not anything more than this. Less less connected than the novel, even because that seemed to have sort of like a, a a beginning and an end. Even if occasionally it would be like a thousand years ago, this shit happened. This is just um, yeah. several vignettes get... that happen to be in the same well, world. It's not even several. It's it is it is linear. Okay, completely linear. But it is not a story. It is just a series of events that happen to these two new characters. And no, your brain is going to think, okay, when I'm when you're listening to this summary, your brain is going to think, okay, this is like I can start to see these arcs being set up. Mm-hmm. But no. That this can end at any point <laughs> in my summary, you will not expect it. Um, with those caveats. I mean, I know how our it, two main I know how it ends because I'm mad about it. But our two main characters are Chwami and Kurgum. They're two teens. They're new who live in Spira. That's right. They are new characters. Kurgum is a summoner. He very fun to say. <laughs> I like both their names, Chwami and Kurgum. I think Hell they're both yeah. very fun to say names. Kurgum is, uh, they're both, uh, they're both fairly young. Uh, Kurgum, he's a summoner, or rather, he would be a summoner if summoning was a thing that people could still do. Uh, in the novel, you found out that people still can, but in this, it they seems just, like I don't know if anyone aren't. knows how to make faith anymore, right. but I think maybe they need to figure it out. So he would be a summoner if there were faith that he could, that he knew he could summon. Um, but instead, he mentions that he works for the Spira Council, which seems to be some sort of like a secular organization that is that Baralai has some leadership role within, like mm-hmm. high level leadership role within. That seems like a secular organization that's that's doing the sort of public good things that that Yevon used to do. Which is uh, in Kurgum's case, Kurgum Kurgum is a he he's a ascending special. He just goes and sends people. Like that's that's what summoners do now. Is they aren't summoners. They just work for the Spirit Council. They go mm-hmm. where people need to be sent, and they send them. Probably, I guess, similar tool set interacting with spirits. Yes. Yep. And their physical form that they may or may not have. Chuami is the equivalent of Kurgum's guardian but the way that she is she is the character whose perspective we get it's her narration that leads this um and she talks about like sure it's i'm technically Kurgum's that she doesn't use the term guardian but uh she's like i'm technically i'm technically his guardian but i'm the one who calls the shots like he's the one who needs to like get there and do the the funky ritual but like i'm the one who keeps this boat afloat you know Mm -hmm. so we 
kind of just follow them as they go to a few different places in Spira briefly. There's a brief scene in Bavel where they see Titus, who's just busy being a Blitzball star. Got a Blitz? And they're like, wow, that's Titus. I wonder if I can get an autograph. And, I, and they don't really talk to him, but... Uh, but they say his name out loud. They do. They say full five letters. They say all of them. They say Titus, and they pronounce it just like that. The correct way. If I remember right, it's it's like one of them is a fan of him because he's a Blitzball player. The other's a fan of him because... Well, Chuami, I guess that's what it is. Chuami says, oh, he would have known my father. I wonder if I can talk to him eventually. Hmm. Uh, because we eventually get a scene in Besaid where that gets more explained because they need to send people in Besaid. So they go to Besaid. What's that uh, like? Is that like calling, need... like, it's not like calling an ambulance. It's just like, hey, someone's dying. Um, We need you to, they're, like, they're, um... they, they need to do funeral rites, essentially. Yeah. yeah. I guess it's just weird because I guess... I guess it's not true for every case, probably, but in a lot of cases of someone dying and needing to be sent, they're not like a corpse. Like, it, it, there's, with, right. you know, Orin or the fucking guy who went to hell in the novel, there's so many cases of people who, like, are walking around dying, needing to be sent. I don't think we ever, like, surely Kilika would be the example of corpses that need to be sent, but I just, I guess it's just interesting that, that there's that. Wiggle room. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a cool little... It is one detail that I do like from this. Um, a little world-building detail that I like. They go to Besaid, where they meet with the mayor, who is Lulu. And... Hell yeah. Girl boss. <laughs> it's very strict. Uh, Chuami is uh, unintentionally, but definitely canonically a lesbian, because mm. she finds a way to mention... Just how giant Lulu's boobs are mm. multiple times. How do um, they get she, how do they get kept up in that thing? It doesn't look like there's a lot of support she, in that dress. She, like uh like there are times when she is like because it's as I mentioned, it's her narration that's doing this. So when they need to like say like, oh, the conversation between Wonka and Lulu continues, but we don't need to hear it. It's like Chuami will say like the conversation between the caretaker and the big-breasted mayor continues. <laughs> um, and then there's another point where she... This has to be the, where, the uh, same writing team, right? I don't... I actually don't... I, I could have looked up who wrote it, but I don't... No. Um, I'm looking on the see. wiki page, but I don't actually see a direct, like, writer credit. But it does... Uh... Oh, no, yeah, here it is. I just missed it. It's the same guy. Kazushige Nojima who wrote the scenario writer for that I talked about last time, who wrote the novel. Then there's another point where Lulu, like, is kind of dismissive of Chuami, and Chuami's narration says, Ugh, big breasts and big attitude. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> Which, please, someone describe me that way. Please. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, very funny to me. But I'm getting an ad for uh, a, a Yuna a Yuna dress on Etsy, but it is labeled as Mother's Day gift. <laughs> I guess this game <laughs> is old enough where I guess you could make that pitch. That's great. So then they let's see, how do they get? I'm trying to remember what the actual plot contrivance is that gets them there. Um, oh, right. That's why they were brought here. Not only did they have the summoning, but they were also supposed to, or not the summoning, the sending. They were also supposed to give Yuna a sphere 
which I believe was from Baralai. But the sphere is shows shoe puffs in the moonflow, which wouldn't be weird. But apparently in the inter- intervening <laughs> years, shoe puffs like went extinct. Okay. It hasn't been that long. Not I'm not a fan of this. What did you do to the shoe puffs? Uh, I don't remember the shoe puff lore. Were they like near extinction in 10 and 10 too? It's possible they were, but they're extinct now. But apparently this present day sphere shows two shoe puffs. And then they realize that these shoe puffs are somehow being beckoned in the same way that I'm trying to think of what another example of like when you go to the far plane and you can be like you can talk to your dead relatives or whatever. Yeah. They think that that is happening in the moon flow, which it's it's natural for the moon flow to be kind of weird and firefly y because it's a weird firefly y place. But it's never been that strong that you could, you know, see ghosts, right? Exactly. And so they all four of them go there. Chuami, Kurgum, Yuna and Waka all go and classic group of characters. (laughs) They find that. Not only are there shoe puff ghosts here, there are people ghosts here. And like a crowd of people have gathered and they're talking to their dead relatives. And what's very what's odd about it um, is that normally in the far plane or anywhere when you can beckon somebody, I think it's Yuna or Lulu who says like only the person beckoning them can hear the voice of the person being beckoned. Like other people can see that the specter has been beckoned but they can't hear its voice only the person calling them can but Hmm. all of these ghosts can speak and everyone can hear them and there's like a little scene you hear where it's like a daughter and a father are going to visit their the ghost of the mother and the daughter's like daddy why can't mommy come home with us and he's like it doesn't really work that way and the mom goes i'd love to come back with you and the husband is like, you what? <laughs> uh, and so this seems bad. Yeah, a ghost's just being able to materialize and come back. I mean, it's interesting how unsent factor into the first game. Yeah. They're not really as much in the second game a, a thing, even though you go to the fucking fire plane and I guess fuck shit up there. But yeah, that's interesting. It was like, does death mean anything now? If anybody can just walk on back? Well, we get one of those implications immediately. They they go to Bavel, I think, to report back about what they found. Um, but when they get there, Sin's there. Oh. Because Hi. they think that someone is beckoning Sin. And because this weird thing uh. is going on where beckoned things are more real than they usually are, it seems to be like back back and like oh okay at least back enough to destroy things that's bad this is frightening <laughs> um so yuna being uh, in bavel where um titus now lives she like learning this goes to him to tell him about it and chuami and kurgum eavesdrop and they only end up hearing the end of the conversation where the subject matter has drifted away from <laughs> Uh, sin outside of town and just to uh, Titus and Yuna's relationship these days um, which it seems like they were like on a break and Yuna's like why don't we just call this off you've already got that girl here and Titus is like no 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 
Marfie's just a pal. And she's like, really? Because I met someone new, and I'm in love with him. And Titus is like, damn. Uh, well, can I meet him? And, and, And she's like, I don't know, dude, but let's just... We had some we had some times, uh, but let's just go our separate ways. Got to remember how like young these characters are, even though we've watched them mm-hmm. save the world. Titus eventually talks to Lulu about it. And Lulu's like, what are you what are you doing? <laughs> like, if you care about her st- and he's like, damn, I'm so sad. I love her. <laughs> and she's like, if you do like, tell her this, go to her. And so he decides he's going to do that. We cut to Yuna, and she's like, all right, I've done this once before. I'm going to do it again. Let's beat Sin. And then it's over. It's done. <laughs> that's the end of the story. Somehow Sin has returned. Cool. And that's it. That's, that is what a seeming, like, what a perfect place to end our coverage of a video game franchise. The thing uh, about clean it is cut. that it is not awful. It is not that awful of, oh, there is one subplot I forgot to mention. Chuami claims to be Oren's daughter, but Lulu is like, bitch, you look nothing like him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so Lulu at least doesn't believe it, but Chuami claims that she's Oren's daughter. I mentioned that because uh, I screenshotted a comment in the comment section of the YouTube video from seven years ago yeah. uh, where someone says, I'm sorry, but this and I'm, I'm Pausing like that because there are ellipses. So this is like a dramatic rating mm-hmm, according mm-hmm. to their This is your audio uh, grammaticization. I'm sorry, but this this is just I don't know, stupid. I mean, there's so many things wrong with this. I don't know where to start. I mean, why would Yuna fall in love with someone else after she spent a good couple of years searching for her Titus, her actual true love? Why would anyone want Sin to come back? How the hell did Orin get someone pregnant? <laughs> <laughs> I love uh, I love that series of questions. Like like I realize they probably mean like how does an unsent person have a kid? But I love the idea of this person being like, Orin, that impotent cuck, how did he have a kid? Well, this brings in the implications um, of ghost dad. Uh can a can a ghost nut? Um so the thing is the audio drama isn't bad, but it. It's not good. Feels in, but it's absolutely incomplete. It's so mm. incomplete that it's bad. You know what it's, I mean? Yeah, it's just, um, it's just kind of like it's notes. It's it's a world building. If notes. there were ten more, if there were t- if there were ten more episodes of this, mm. it could be good. Interesting. But there aren't, so it's nothing. Huh. Well, uh, sin. I think here's the thing. Again, write a little bit of this, like of the wiki page, like describing it. And my first instinct of like. Oh, they just bring Sin back because he's the main bad guy. It has, you know, uh, Palpatine energy, and I don't like that. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I like my, my first instinct is to dislike it, but there is something about someone beckoning it back from the far plane that I, ha- I do find a little interesting. Yeah, and I forget if it's Lulu or Yuna who says it, but one of them talks about, like, you have to really want somebody back to get them back. Mm. And presumably that that's double for giant monsters. Maybe. So somebody really wants Sin back, but that's not explored. I bet it's, uh, it's I an bet interesting it's, I, it's an interesting uh setup, but it doesn't go anywhere. I bet it's Titus. 
Um, he, here's the I the reason I thought that is because I was like, you know, it feels like a, a short walk to he wants the time he had back before. So if I bring Sin back, then I can work with Yuna again. And we'll have that we had before. That makes sense. Um, yeah. But also, what if he just actually thinks about his dad and Sin shows up? Like that's also funny. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know. I'm. Would I'm be interesting. Half serious. Half serious. It, it's. I wouldn't like dissuade people from listening to it. It's a nicely produced audio short. drama, even if some of the performances are stilted. Mm-hmm. It's fairly short. It's nice. It's the. The actual audio drama part of it is nicely produced. Um, it's got the, ga- the game music, which is nice to hear again. Um, but know that it is not a complete story at all. Yeah, it's just a, it's just a collection of shit that happens. And I guess it's, it's neat. The thi- the, yeah, like the, the, these past two episodes, just like these little collections of things that are like, you know, little, little cap points of the story. Uh, Last Mission is definitely the best of the three at doing that. Um, obviously this isn't even trying to do that it's just like here's more of the world and what would happen next if we made that game uh and i find it so interesting that they would release this in this form with these plot lines and be like no we're not like planning to make another one we're kind of busy but here's the thing we're kind of busy right now but yeah take it i mean we wrote it down on a napkin and uh we paid people 20 bucks to talk in a booth so but I don't know. That's now about that, it, though. Now that we've covered it, we might have uh, Final Fantasy X willed it into existence. Hey. Uh, much like someone is willing sin back. But that's, that's it. It feels like a weird note to end on, but yet... But that's what they did. We're done. We've, we, we have now actually completed uh, our coverage of, of the Final Fantasy X franchise as of now. I suppose if they ever do make a three, we cover it. We're going to cover Neo Chui oh, yeah. when it comes out in July. It comes out on a Tuesday, so it'll be like a whole week for everyone to, to play it before we talk about it. Because we're not going to be able to release something same day, obviously. But uh, unless yeah. someone wants to give us like a code, we've never been popular. En- no one's no. <laughs> we've never been popular enough of a podcast to get that, but I would love for this to be the one. No. I, 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 I don't know. Uh, I I remember being like, what if they just cave us Kingdom Hearts 3 early? That'd be cool. But but no, we didn't get... Don't judge us for dreaming. Don't judge us for dreaming. Maybe if we dream hard enough, the Pyreflies will summon me a, a PS4 code or PS5 code. Who could say? What Pyreflies does someone have to summon to find you on the internet, Joe? Uh, yeah, go to your, go to your Pyreflies and type in uh, twitter.com slash ghostofjoe, ghostofjo, and that'll be my, my Twitter page. Uh, and there you will find uh, mainly me tweeting about the Disney essays I am writing in a project called Make Mine Movies. Uh, I might be getting close to the actual movie that name is based off of. Uh, Make Mine Music. It's fine. Um, but uh, yeah, right now I'm in the package era of these weird little an- like anthologies of shorts that they made. Because uh, it was more cost effective and they made money. It, it got them to survive the, the wartime era where they, a lot of things kind of affected their output, and uh, they developed their style in a way that pays off in the 50s, so uh, get, if, if you're reading those, look forward to me talking about Mary Blair a lot. She's great. Um, you can also listen to these if you search for Make Mind Movies on a podcast app or Spotify. I'm recording audio versions of the essays. Um, they're usually like around 10 minutes, give or take. Uh, so quick listens to fit in on Mondays and Fridays. Because that's when I'm releasing them. I'm also on a podcast about One Piece. We are watching One Piece. 
uh, re-watching it. My co-host is watching it for the first time, and uh, we're still, uh, unsurprisingly, in Punk Hazard. Uh, I'm looking forward to saying that we're in Dress Rosa for half of the year um, once we, we get there soon. Um, but that's all my stuff. Wheels, where can people find you? First off, imagine if we actually try to do all this epilogue stuff in one episode. Um, yeah, <laughs> there was a point where I was like, what if they're just like two short episodes and they both ended up being long? Both long episodes. Uh, you, you can find me on Twitter at twitter.com slash singular wheels and also on the podcast Very Random Encounters. You can find out all about that at vre.show. It's a podcast where we play pen and paper RPGs and we've randomly determined as many things as possible. We're currently playing kids on brooms a mini season of it before we jump into our full season of bubblegum shoe a uh young adult mystery uh solving story in the in like a hardy boys or a scooby-doo or any of those vein uh throw in a magical treehouse but we're not really doing magic um but that kind of young adult book series mystery thing is going to be the next main series on Very Random Encounters. Um, you can also buy the book that those co-hosts and I wrote of random tabletop role-playing game encounters. Um, and you can find that book at bit.ly forward slash random book with a capital R and B. Hell yeah. Uh, what else? You can follow this show on Twitter at MemorizeCast. Uh, you can support us. Uh, on Patreon at patreon.com slash MemorizeCast. You get these episodes early at a dollar a month or at $5 a month, you get that. Plus, uh, special bonus episodes that we do once a month, trading off, explaining shit to each other. Uh, this month will be another uh, Elder Scrolls episode where Wheels is going to walk me through some parts of Coda. Going to probably have vibes similar to this episode uh, or some mix between this and the, the novel one we did. Um, but those episodes are always very fun. And then next month, it'll be back to me talking about JoJo uh part three what else do we plug let's see our, our theme music is uh una by will and tim courtesy of game chops it's actually last time i'll probably have to say that unless they actually do make another game and uh we're still making the podcast when they do um what else do us uh, say so you can join our discord server links are in the show notes and our pinned tweet uh patreon did you talk about that oh yeah, yeah. you did because you talked about the bonus episodes um that's probably it. You can email us at memorizecast at gmail.com. That's true. If uh, you want to yell at me that I got something wrong in the novel, I won't read it, but you can send it. But uh, yeah, I think that's it, which means uh, next week our Dark Road episode will be unstuck from time, and uh, you will hear mm-hmm. us talk about the now like six-month-old Dark Road update that we just never did until now uh, because we were talking about Final Fantasy. Hi everybody, it's your good friend Editing Joe here to talk about our fucked up schedule. Uh, we, I removed a bunch of plugs from this episode because uh, we were planning on doing Unchained updates before starting something new. They are now delaying uh, the finale and uh, closure of Unchained. If you've seen that on Twitter, I uh, complained about it. Um, so there is already a unchained update released where fucking ventus turns into a light bulb we're just gonna do that and the finale all of that uh after we finish uh redacted which is gonna take eight ish episodes probably um so we're gonna do all the unchained stuff in july before we start neo to wooey 
And uh, patrons already know what we're doing next, so I can, you know, if you're there, you can go find out what exactly I'm, I'm not saying. I've also been more direct about these plans in the Discord room for patrons, uh, because saying eight-ish episodes is a little facetious. It's just that there's going to be a really clean stopping point, uh, and then we will have more to do after we finish Neo Tititui. Um, I'm very, very excited about it. Wheels is very excited about it. I've removed all of our excitement from this episode to, to re-record this segment now. Um, but we already did our Dark Ride episode. That is going up next week. So starting, I believe, let me double check here. Uh, May 4th. May the 4th be with our new thing that we're covering next. I will probably say it in the plugs of the next episode. Uh, so you have a week to uh, prepare and find the things if you would like to follow along. And uh, yeah, that's it. I'm going to go back now to our uh, normal plugs that we recorded like two weeks ago. Uh, I'm looking forward to our next thing. I'm looking forward to Neo Tui and uh, everything that we have, quote unquote, on the books to, to, to do after that. Um, I wonder how long that game's going to be. I haven't actually... It doesn't matter, so I haven't considered it. We're just like, <laughs> we're just going to do it. <laughs> I think that's it. I think that's it to plug. So, bye. What, how do we end this? By? Uh, that was what? Uh, you say that was. That was Final Fantasy X to last mission and Final Fantasy X will. I said that like I had more to say, but I don't. Yeah. <laughs> Got, Got it. Memorized. Ha 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 ha!